What's up, guys? Welcome to Southwest Ohio Full Court Press. Uh, this is your host, Tony, coming at you solo tonight. Uh, Seth will not be joining me this evening, but I wanted to jump on here, do an episode for you all, uh, talk about a couple things, mainly uh, that our first power rankings were updated yesterday. So I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about those, who's where, why I have the teams where we have them, uh, and then just go ahead and address kind of the upcoming week because we've got a lot of games, a lot of teams starting up this week after uh, not playing this past weekend. So some games you want to check out um, and, and, and whatnot. So thank you for tuning in. As always, you can always check out our website, swofcp.com, to see your updated power rankings, as well as there are game reports now uh, from the couple games that I checked out via live stream. Majority of the schools are our cross-county conference and MAC schools, uh, and of course, obviously, the Botkins-Jackson Center game, but uh, definitely some good information there that you can always check out. Again, that's swofcp.com. So, starting off in Division One, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and release the power rankings who the five teams are, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. So, Debuting at number one is the Centerville Elks, uh, number two, the Wayne Warriors, three, West Carrollton Pirates, four, the Fairmont Firebirds, and five, the Miamisburg Vikings. Uh, important to note that all five of these teams, no one played uh, this past weekend, and Centerville and Fairmont are currently on pauses for basketball. Uh, they are not going to be starting until about the middle of December. Um, Wayne starts off this weekend. West Carrollton actually starts tomorrow. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, Wednesday is when West Carrollton starts. And then Miamisburg is starting tomorrow against Carroll. Um, if you listen to uh, me and Seth on Lee Mallon's podcast, uh, obviously you know Centerville and Wayne are our top two teams. Uh, we both agree on that. Um, just we decided to put Centerville as that number one just to start off just because you know they do bring back quite a few pieces from that team that made it to the regional semifinals a year ago. Uh, obviously, Wayne brings pretty much everybody back, and then they added Prophet Johnson from Thurgood Marshall. So they're going to be a very good team yet again. Uh, and that's going to be a, quite a matchup when those two meet off. And uh, we just felt like it'd be fair to start Centerville off where they ended last year until they prove otherwise. Uh, West Carrollton, definitely the the obvious number three after Wayne and Centerville. You know, they added. Alan Lattimore from Stivers. They've seen a lot of improvement from their big guys. Uh, Igaki Kadari, I probably pronounced his name wrong, uh, and Sam Walker. So obviously this team we feel uh, very good is going to be very good in the MVL. Uh, with the MVL only doing league games, I wouldn't be surprised if West Carrollton comes into the playoffs either undefeated or with one loss. Um, that's how good this team is going to be this year. Number four is Fairmont. Uh, this, this, them and Miamisburg at five, you could flip flop or you could argue. I think Fairmont brings back a lot of experience. Losing Keon Wright to Oakwood was definitely a big loss for them, but you know, they bring back plenty of guys in Anthony Johnson, Desan Doucette, Malachi Parker, etc. cetera. Um, then Miamisburg, like I, like we mentioned in Lee Mallon's podcast too, they got a great player in Anthony Kopic, who's only a junior and, uh, there's a good chance Miamisburg is going to have a solid season like they always do. On the outside looking in in Division One are, are kind of our honorable mention, uh, and this this will be increased during the season. Obviously, with none of these teams playing, there was really only one team to add in, but 
Again, once we start playing games, um, there will probably be two to three teams that we'll kind of highlight in our honorable mention so you can kind of see who the next three teams would have been. Uh, in this case, Beaver Creek is the team that we are going to put in in that sixth slot. Um, they are actually playing Elder out of Cincinnati as we speak. Uh, definitely going to be a good game there. And if Beaver Creek finds a way to win that opening game, uh, that might be enough to pump the pump them up to the top five here in our power rankings. But we'll have to wait till next week to find out. Moving over to Division Two again. This is another one where a lot of these teams uh, will not be playing until January. Uh, we just found out today Dayton Public uh, not planning on playing uh, reportedly until January fourth. So uh, our number two team, as you'll find out here in a second, uh, won't be playing until then. Uh, our, our power rankings, you know, Trotwood Madison comes in as a number one team. Uh, number two, the Dunbar Wolverines. Uh, number three will be the Alter Knights. Four, Tippecanoe. And five will be the Oakwood Lumberjacks, with Oakwood being the only one that played this opening weekend. Again, Trotwood comes in as our number one team. Uh, they are in the same boat as Dunbar in that they will not be playing right away. Uh, like I said, Dunbar is at least January 4th reportedly. Trotwood, I'm not sure. I believe that date is also likely going to be in January. Um, those two more than likely will hold the one and two spot for now. If it goes into January without them playing, it's possible that another team may jump them in the rankings, but time will tell. In terms of before we've even played a game, the talent on both these rosters is incredibly good. It's hard to pick against either teams. I won't dwell too much on that. Uh, Alter, they were supposed to be opening with Chaminade Julianne on Friday night. That game has been postponed. Uh, we'll be have to wait a little longer to see uh, J- Jacob Connor and uh, Ryan Chu in action. Tippecanoe will open up MVL play, I believe, tomorrow. Um, and we've talked a lot about them and their their guy, Ben Knosman. Um, and then Oakwood, again, they were the only team that played opening weekend. They picked up a big win over Preble Shawnee, 67-54 to uh, last weekend. Uh, and they were already going to be in the top five, but this kind of solidified it, being the only team that, that played a great showing for the Lumberjacks. They will be in our... Um, they will be in action Tuesday and uh, Friday night uh, with some big matchups. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. So that's our top five there. Uh, and then again, the team that on the outside looking in will be Fenwick, led by A.J. Braun. Fenwick will open their season up uh, Friday against Carroll, and that'll give us a chance to see the Falcons and determine whether or not uh, they are going to be able to move up into the top five here or if they're going to have to wait a little longer. Uh, next, we're going to do Division Three. Division Three, um, you're going to find out as I release these teams. We've got two zero and one teams out there. Um, obviously, it's the first week of the season. It's tough to kind of gauge where to put teams um, as the season wears on. We'll be able to tell if, if people need to move around and and, and additional groups to uh, be added in. So, debuting on our first power rankings, number one is going to be Greenview. Uh, the Rams from the OHC. Number two will be Miami East, who actually bumped up a spot where we would have originally had them. Number three is the National Trail Blazers. Four will be the Preble Shawnee Arrows. And five, the Dayton Christian Warriors. Uh, Greenview has not started playing yet. Uh, They were supposed to have a pretty big OHC matchup against Springfield Catholic Central. 
and that game got postponed, so I'm not sure when the Rams will be starting their season. But it's very difficult to pick against them when you've got the duo of Rhett Birch and Cole Allen uh, from a team that was one of the top three teams in Dayton a year ago. Obviously, they took a, a very early exit in the postseason. Um, our number two team will be the Miami East Vikings. They picked up a win over West Liberty Salem uh, on Saturday night. Uh, the Vikings, one of the younger teams you're going to hear about this season, uh, but Definitely one of the early favorites in the cross-county conference. They were going to probably debut at number three, but obviously beating a team like West Liberty Salem, who last year was one of the better teams in the OHC, uh, puts the Vikings up. And obviously they, them playing in our number three seed, na- or excuse me, number three ranked team National Trail not playing yet uh, is the reason why that those two flip-flopped. Number four coming in here will be Preble Shawnee. As I mentioned earlier in Division Two, the Arrows fell to Oakwood by 13. Obviously, with Oakwood being a Division Two team, we're not going to punish Preble Shawnee for that. Um, they'll have a chance this week to kind of uh, avenge themselves. They have a big matchup coming up against uh, National Trail that we'll talk about. Uh, and then rounding out the the Division Three is Dayton Christian. Uh, they are 0 1. They fell 54 to 48 to a very good New Miami team. Um, New Miami is one of the since few Cincinnati teams that we talk highly about. Uh, just because of how good they've been and the fact they've been in the district finals the last two years and fallen short. Uh, Dayton Christian lost a tight one with them. Dayton Christian brings back a lot of pieces from a team that you know upset Greenview in the, in the tournament a year ago. Uh, they've got a good chance to make some noise in the Metro Buckeye Conference with that conference losing a lot of its firepower from a year ago. Um, and then currently in the honorable mention, we've got Carlisle. They've yet to play a game this season, but just looking at their roster, they've got, you know, we didn't get to see them full speed and full health a year ago um, with some players missing due to injury and then transfers having to sit out. So this will be the first time we get to see Carlisle really uh, step out and, and see what they've got. Uh, and another team I want to point, they're not in the power rankings currently, but I can, that I want to kind of throw out there, the Dixie Greyhounds are currently 2 0. Um, they're going to be a team, you know, We'll have to wait and see kind of if they continue to win basketball games, but if they continue to get some wins going this way and get to 3 or 4-0, and they will have to be put on this uh, honorable mention list. Uh, it's important to note in Division Three again, if you miss, listen to our podcast with Lee Mowen, that Division Three really is not like the rest of divisions where there's not a clear-cut favorite right now. Hopefully as the season wears on, these guys will kind of – put themselves in the positions where they're supposed to be but right now it's very possible Greenview starts at number one they could easily drop to five uh Carlisle could move into the rankings Preble Shawnee could be our number one team at some point division three is kind of a wide open race so you know definitely tune in uh we'll we'll do these type of episodes as much as possible to keep you guys kind of updated and, and see why we have teams where we have them and then finally, Division Four. Uh, this is the one where actually everyone that is ranked currently uh, played a game. Um, we start off our number one team in Division Four is the Botkins Trojans. Uh, Botkins picking up a sixty-eight to fifty-five win over Jackson Center on Friday night. A big win for the Trojans, uh, and and obviously uh, a, a good statement win as well. Number two is Fort Laramie. They beat Rushi 63-44. to uh, The Redskins bringing back a lot of pieces uh, from last season uh, and getting some guys back from injury. Third is the Tri-Village Patriots. They beat Riverside big 82-46. to um, 
Very good showing for the Patriots. They held Riverside to two points in the second quarter, outscored them by 25 in that quarter. So obviously, uh, and then Lane Sarver went off for 25 points in that game. Wilson Suggs put in another 20. So that Patriots team off to a hot start as well. Number four will be Fairlawn. They beat Houston big, 71-28. to And then rounding out our top five will be Jackson Center. Uh, they are 0-1 with the loss against Bodkins, but... Uh, it's important to note this team is is very, very good still. Uh, I'll talk about them here in a second. And our two honorable mentions, obviously, we've got two in Division Four. Uh, we've got Cedarville and Jefferson Township. Uh, Jefferson Township, I don't know if they're playing right now. They may be on a break as well in terms of when they're starting their season in the Metro Buckeye Conference. I haven't been able to find a schedule for them. Uh, and then Cedarville, uh, with their their guard combo of Trent Coning and Isaiah Ramey, uh, they are are slated to start up here soon as well. In Division Four, this is kind of more. I think Botkins kind of solidified they are our top team for now. They looked phenomenal against Jackson Center. Um, we talk about Jaden Pretty Paul and Jacob Plyman, but uh, the guy that really stepped up for them was Zane Paul, their senior. Uh, Zane Paul is a four-year starter. He's a Heidelberg soccer commit, and he played a great game, uh, knocking down a lot of big shots. I believe he ended with 20 points in that win. Uh, and then obviously our two and three, Fort Laramie, Tri-Village, but Tri-Village's big win over uh, Riverside, You know they, they're one more big win like that away. And they could jump the Redskins. Uh, Fort Lorne will have a chance, though, this week. Both these teams will actually have a chance this week to add a, a, a big win to their resume. And we'll see if, if they're able to continue uh, down this road of big victories. Um, one thing you may notice in Division 4 is we don't have any Midwest Athletic Conference or MAC schools uh, currently in there. Um, the Mac, we're kind of there isn't really a, a clear cut favorite in the Mac right now, so it's kind of hard to tell, especially with only three teams that started playing. Um, St. Henry is two and zero; they're the only team uh, I can confidently say could be on this watch list. But you know, we haven't seen the likes of Marion Local or Parkway or Versailles play yet, so the Mac we're probably gonna wait uh, a little bit before we start adding those teams in, kind of get a, a better look at some of those teams before we start uh, adding them on here. So that rounds out our power rankings. Uh, again, our number one ranked teams going into week number two. Centerville's number one in Division One, Trotwood in Division Two, Greenview in Division Three, Botkins in Division Four. Uh, so obviously, some very, very good um, teams to start off the season. And we are going to have to continue to monitor how these teams play uh, to see what type of movement happens if anyone dethrones these guys in Division One. Again, with COVID-19, so many teams are going to go on pauses and have games postponed throughout the season. So we're not going to punish a team like a Trotwood, like a Dunbar, uh, opponents, uh, teams like that. We're not going to punish those type of teams right now uh, because they're not playing yet. Uh, instead, what we're going to do is is obviously give them the credit that they deserve uh, being, you know, again, with Trotwood being one of the best programs in the area and Dunbar looking like one of the best teams on paper this year. Uh, we are going to to give them that respect. But again, if we get into January um, and we're not, they haven't played as many games or they're not playing, uh, teams will have to move around. So uh, keep an eye on that, monitor that. Uh, but hopefully most teams will be full-fledged playing by January. We won't even have to worry about that.
Uh, so before I jump off here, I want to also go ahead and, and share with you. We've got uh, eight games this week I have written down here. These are eight games that they may not be necessarily the games of the week, but these are going to be games that um, they're the most notable. They're, some of them feature teams that are ranked currently. Others are going to be just matchups that you may like if you're a basketball fan. Uh, so I highly encourage... Um, tuning in, especially live stream, um, you know, live stream seems to be the way we're going to go. Um, and there's about, I actually did the, the research yesterday. There's about 30 schools that use their YouTube channels to live stream games. So there's definitely opportunities to watch teams play live this year. Uh, and with a lot of these teams being in different conferences, it's, there's almost a guarantee that you'll be able to watch every team at least once on some sort of live stream. So to kick things off, um, I'm just going to kind of go through each matchup and, and kind of talk about uh, why I picked it as a game to watch. Our first one here, Miamisburg will be traveling to Wayne. Uh, this one's an obvious one, two of the top five teams in the power rankings. Uh, with Wayne, with Centerville being on a break, Wayne is probably going to be, this is going to be an opportunity for them to maybe bump ahead of the Elks. Uh, again, I know I talked about it's going to be, we're not going to move a lot of these teams that haven't played yet around too much, but if Wayne goes out and wins by 30 against Miamisburg, that might be enough that we feel, hey, we should bump them up, especially with Centerville and Wayne being so close together currently in the power rankings in terms of you know one being higher than the other. It could take a big win for the Warriors to, to move up, or Miamisburg could use this win and, and prove they belong still in these power rankings uh, with Beaver Creek knocking on the door in the top five. Uh, and this one, I'm going to be looking at, obviously, the, the duo of Laurent Rice and Malcolm Curry, kind of how they come out this first game of the season. One of Wayne's biggest issues last year was their inconsistency, so I'm going to be looking to see how those guards play against a Miamisburg team that, although they're not as athletic as Wayne, they're going to be a very defensive-minded group. Uh, Tim Freeze really focuses on his upperclassmen, focuses on his defensive basketball, uh, getting stops, and then executing on the offensive end. So for Miamisburg, they're going to have to create as many turnovers as you can against this Wayne group, and you're going to have to capitalize on them in the offensive end. Uh, next game to watch, Fenwick will be at Carroll. I kind of mentioned that in the D2 power rankings. Great matchup for both teams. Carroll will have played Miamisburg uh, right before that, but I believe this will be Fenwick's opening game. Uh, for the Falcons, this, this has to be their year. A.J. Braun is a senior. Uh, they've got a couple guys around him that Coach Kelvin Mossville is very confident they can compete in the GCL. Uh, for Carroll, they didn't lose a lot of players, but the players they did lose were big contributors for them. So I'm going to be looking to see you know, which guys step up. Obviously, players like Sam Sievert, Logan Broadus have had great starts to their career. Now with both them being upperclassmen, can they mesh together and really, really step up their game and help the Patriots? Because uh, there's really a wide open race for that number two spot in the GCL this year, and this could really be the two teams that end up battling it out for that spot. Um, for Fenwick, I'm going to be intrigued to see how they utilize their guards. Uh, you know A.J. Braun is going to be getting the ball a lot. He's going to be a lot of primary focus in Fenwick's offense, but how is Fenwick going to use the rest of their personnel? Because obviously you have five guys on the court at all times. Uh, this is going to be a great GCL matchup. This is going to be a defensive game. And don't be surprised if this game only gets into you know the 40s or 50s. Next game here we've got, and I will be at this game uh, tomorrow night, Oakwood at Bellbrook. 
Again, Oakwood being our number five team in the power rankings. Oakwood picked up one of the biggest transfers in the Division II and Keon Wright from Fairmont. Him and Will Maxwell, the sophomore, are looking like they're going to be one of the best combos in the entire Southwestern Buckeye League. Uh, Bellbrook obviously losing Ryan Chu. Hurt. They've got Gabe Pavlock uh, returning, but obviously he is uh, coming off of an injury to, I believe he had a broken ankle or broken foot, so I apologize if I'm wrong there, Gabe. Uh, and Bellbrook is off to a uh, 0-1 start. They fell to Northmont, obviously a Division One school, so uh, not a bad loss by any means. For Bellbrook, you know, I'm going to be looking to see who is going to play alongside Pavlock? You know, in the past, it's been Chu and, and Gabe have kind of been that two combo, um, one two punch for the Eagles. I'm going to be interested to see this time around who's going to step up with Gabe because Belbrook is going to need some help on the offensive end. Gabe can't be the only one, even though Gabe has shown that he can score and will score at will. For Oakwood, this is going to be, um, again, they beat Preble Shawnee that, that had a very good combo group and, and Bryce Singleton and Mason Shrout. Uh, Bellbrook, although they don't have that same duo to match Pavlock, Oakwood's got to show they can still take care of business. Putting up 67 points was great. Uh, you got to replicate that though. You got to continue to put up those offensive numbers. If you put up 70 in the Southwestern Buckeye League, it's going to be very tough to beat you on any given night. Um, I'll be interested to see kind of how Keon Wright, seeing him live, how he plays, obviously uh, with him being in the G-Walk, the teams he was used to playing against when he was at Fairmont were a very athletic group of kids. Um, being you're playing your Waynes, your Centervilles, your your Springfields, your Beaver Creeks, uh, now playing in the Southwestern Buckeye League, you know what's he going to do there? And that actually is going to lead us into our other matchup. Uh, Oakwood has two big road games. Obviously, they play Bellbrook Tuesday night. They will play Franklin on Friday night. Uh, with this one, Franklin brings back uh, two very good interior slash outside players in Nate Parlberg and Noah Rich. Both are juniors. Both are six five. You know, Rich definitely one of the better stretch fours you're going to find. Parlberg's more of an interior player, but I've seen him several times um, during the the summer play on the perimeter as well. This will be Franklin's first game, I believe. Uh, and this is going to be interesting because uh, Franklin lost a lot of their guard play from a year ago. They had four starters. All four were very good guards. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace that. But if there's one thing I know, it's that Coach Brian Bales always finds a way to re- replace his talent. Franklin never rebuilds. They reload. Um, and I definitely think that this group, uh, as they prepare for their matchup with Oakwood, uh, this is going to really be a telling time to see who steps up, who's that next uh, wave of, of personnel Franklin leans on to help Rich and Parlberg. In this one, you know, Oakwood in the last couple of times I saw them last year and even the year prior, their interior play and their, their battling on the glass is what has always hurt them. CJ ate their lunch last year in the sectional tournament with their size and their athleticism. How is Oakwood going to respond against a Franklin team that, frankly, with Rich and Parlberg at 6'5", both, that's two pretty big players. I don't know how Oakwood's going to match that. Will Maxwell's got some size on him, but will he's going to hopefully be playing more of his natural position on the perimeter. So how will Oakwood do on the glass for Franklin? Uh, how that guard play uh, comes out is going to really be telling of who comes out of this one. Our next matchup will feature two of our uh, top five teams in Division Three. 
Preble Shawnee, fresh off a loss against Oakwood, will go to National Trail. Great non-league matchup for both teams. For Trail, uh, they bring back Cameron Harrison, their point guard, uh, who was uh, all cross-county conference a year ago, arguably one of the best players in the conference. They did lose several starters, including their kind of big name, Zach Woodall, but National Trail is a guard-oriented team, and they're going to have a lot of guards returning. For Preble Shawnee, they bring back... One of the most versatile players in the Southwestern Buckeye League and Bryce Singleton. One of the hardest working kids you're going to find uh, anywhere in the, in the area. Uh, and then they also bring in highly touted freshman Mason Trout. You know, Preble Shawnee did obviously only losing by 13 to Oakwood and putting up 54 points is good. They're going to have to do uh, better against National Trail. The, the Blazers are a very good defensive team. You're going to have to score more than 54 points if you're going to beat these guys. Uh, and then on on the defensive end, Shawnee's going to have to obviously execute and finish series out. Uh, National Trail, you know, they're a half-court focused team, but they will very easily knock down their shots. And with this being a guard-focused team, I can see them taking a lot of outside shots. And all it takes is the Blazers getting hot, and then all of a sudden you've, you've dug yourself a hole. So for Preble Shawnee, I'm going to be looking to see how they speed up National Trail, how they uh, defensively go after these guys and on the offensive end if they're able to, to score more than 54 points and for national trail uh, again with them being a guard focused team I'm going to be interested you know how do they defend Bryce Singleton uh, Singleton's only 6'2 6'3 but you know with such a high motor and with a little bit of size on him you know how are you going to defend him keep him off the glass as well as defend Mason Shrout their highly touted freshman our next matchup to watch, Tecumseh at Miamisburg. Uh, Tecumseh, I got to check them out uh, again in a live stream event against Bethel. Uh, you can kind of read my, my game recap on Southwest Ohio's Full Court Press's website. Um, they will be playing the, the Vikings, who will be fresh off of games against Carroll and Wayne at this point. Tecumseh, obviously coming out of the Central Buckeye Conference, the conference is made up of a lot of Division II and Division III programs, but uh, the Arrows are the are the lone exception being a Division I school, which is why you see them playing Miamisburg. Tecumseh, this, it's not odd to see this. They played Northmont last week um, after Tecumseh had beat Bethel. They only lost 58-52 to to Northmont, and a good showing for them, a uh, very competitive showing. The Arrows have a sophomore in Colin O'Connor who is, uh, I would argue, he's going to be one of the best players in the Central Buckeye Conference. Very high IQ guard with a very good uh, decision-making. Uh, and just Tecumseh overall as a group, they look very good. They look a lot better than what I've seen in the past out of them. And uh, they're going to really like to, to get out and play some tempo basketball. Uh, they did very well, I felt, in, in the pick and roll in the half-court offense, so I'm going to be interested to see how they do against a Miamisburg team. Again, very focused on defense. Uh, Bethel was unfortunately struggled uh, defending Tecumseh, and Tecumseh got very hot in the first half, so that's the other thing I'm going to be looking to see is can Tecumseh continue to replicate this type of offensive output? If you can put up... 60 70 points you may have a shot against Miamisburg uh, and again for the Vikings you know got to depend on that defense they're going to have uh, the size advantage I feel uh, with Jackson McGowan uh, being one of their big bodies uh, but for Miamisburg they're going to have to keep an eye on on, on on Tecumseh's Seth Hale 
Uh, Hale is a junior, I believe, excuse me, a senior. Uh, he's he's Tecumseh's size, and, and he's really very good at cleaning up on the glass. So for the Vikings, you're going to have to keep him off the glass and use McGowan to the, your advantage on that one. Uh, two more matchups here I want to talk about. Our first one is a cross-county conference matchup. Uh, I mentioned Bethel a little bit ago. They are going to be hosting the number three team out of Division Four, Tri-Village. Um, for Bethel, you know, they, I saw them in a scrimmage against Northmont then obviously live stream against Tecumseh and their big thing is just their offensive output is not there. They have two promising players in Ethan Rimkus and Casey Kesey, but neither of them played very well in their game against Tecumseh for the bees. They're going to have to really do a better job of executing on that offensive end. Because you have a Tri-Village team that just gave up 46 points to Riverside, including only giving up two points in a quarter to them. And on top of that, you also have to prepare for the fact that Tri-Village brings an offensive juggernaut that just put up 82 points. This is a Tri-Village team that was putting up 80 points a year ago as well. They have a guy with Lane Sarver that it's very difficult to defend, especially when you're 6'5". It's very difficult to put a body on him, especially when you don't have that type of size. So for Bethel, you're going to have to do a good combination of of finding better offensive execution while also keeping Tri-Village under 70 points if possible. Um, Really, that number should be under 60 because the Patriots are just that good of an offensive team. But you just can't be giving up 82 uh, and for Tri Village, obviously, uh, they've got their 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 trio of Lane Sarver, Wilson Suggs, and Dalton DeLong. With Suggs and Sarver hitting the twenty point mark against Riverside, and and DeLong only being three points away from that. For those three, I'm going to want to see them continue to put up those numbers uh, and and continue to kind of balance it out. You know, when you've got three guys that can give you twenty points and the evens out, that's really good for your program, and you have to feel confident as a coach and as a fan because you know it's not going to depend on just one guy every night. So as long as those three continue to balance the scoring out between the three of them, I feel very confident this Patriots team is going to continue to win basketball games. Um, I will be intrigued. I'm not sure how Riverside defended them uh, in their game. Bethel does do a combination of two-three zone and man-to-man. So I'll be intrigued to see kind of how that works. Um, do they throw a zone at the Patriots until they start getting hot from behind the arc, or do they just try to match up right away? And finally, the last game on the list, two of our top five teams in Division Four, uh, Jackson Center will travel to Fort Loramie. Jackson Center again in their opening loss to Bodkins. It was not a bad game, and the score really reflects a little worse than what it actually was. Um, you know, Jackson Center was in that game for really three quarters. The fourth quarter was when Botkins made a little run that separated it ultimately. But Jackson Center, they've got the best player, I think, in Division Ford, Aiden Reichert. Um, one of the best two-way players you're going to find in, in all of high school basketball, in my personal opinion. You've heard me talk about him. You heard me talk about Jackson Center. They do start two sophomores uh, now, and, and obviously last year's group was more upperclassmen built. And, and that's partially why I think they struggled a little bit in that Botkins game. But Jackson Center, they're a very good half-court offense, uh, offensive team. They use a lot of screens, a lot of spacing in order to, to kind of open up the, the lane for each other. And obviously they get a Fort Loramie team that's fresh off a win against Rushi. 
Uh, I don't know a lot about the Redskins in terms of how that game went. I did see Rushi in, a, in their matchup against St. Henry. Uh, and, and really, I, it doesn't surprise me Fort Laramie won this game just because Rushi is a much smaller guard-focused group. But in this matchup with Jackson Center for Fort, Fort Laramie, I'm going to be interested to see a couple things. Number one, you know, can they control the glass? They've got Grant Albers back, who is a very strong rebounding presence for, for Fort Laramie. He's going to have to get matched up with Jackson Center's size, which is in the and which comes to you in the you know in the form of Aiden Riker and Camden Reese, among others. Can you control the glass against them? And and can you replicate those sixty three points? Obviously, for Jackson Center, if you can, if Jackson Center can hold you under fifty five fifty points in a game, you're going to be in trouble. So Fort Laramie's got to get over that fifty five point threshold, as well as you have got to put a body on Aiden Riker. One of the things that that Riker did extremely well against Botkins that raised some eyebrows on Botkins defense was Riker was getting uh, second chance offensive opportunities very easily and and part of that is just because he's such a hard worker but part of it too is Botkins just couldn't box him out so for Fort Lormy you have to be able to put a body on him if you don't keep him off the glass it's going to be very difficult to put Jackson Center away with them having younger guards too I'll be intrigued if Fort Lormy can put a little bit of extended pressure and maybe force the, the ball into Jackson Center's young guards hands that could create some turnover opportunities that they will need to number one do and number two execute off of Jackson Center is not a team that turns the ball over very much uh, just because of how they are coached so you have to utilize when you do have opportunities like this Uh, and obviously for Fort Laramie this would be huge if they can jump out you know if if them and Botkins can knock Jackson Center to 0-2 to start the season that's going to be a hole that the Tigers are already going to be down, and we haven't even gotten a month into the season. And with the Shelby County League being as tight as I believe it's going to be, you have to win these early season games. You can't afford to be waiting until February to try to, to put games away. So this is going to be a very good test to see, you know, how does Jackson Center respond from adversity, but also can Fort Lormie uh, put the pedal to the metal and get to a 2-0 start in the league. So that'll wrap up our, our segment there, and that's going to kind of wrap up this episode. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of excitement with the season being here, um, and and me and Seth are very excited as well for what the season is going to bring. Uh, and we're going to continue to bring you coverage in the form of audio with this podcast, as well as a lot of written content. Again, we did get a chance to check out several live stream games this past weekend, and there are game reports for each game we have watched. Uh, if you are a fan of one of these schools or a player, I highly recommend you check it out. We mentioned a lot of players in the articles, uh, and as well as if you're, you know, opposing teams, check it out. Uh, we try to do this to let the the area kind of know about, you know, the different teams out there, as well as give the kids the coverage they deserve. So, you know, definitely check it out if you have interest. Um, the games that we have done so far, this, I had a, the scrimmage with Northmont and Bethel. There's notes up on that. We've also got game reports up from Botkins and Jackson Center, uh, Tecumseh and Bethel, St. Henry and Rushi, and Wapakoneta and Indian Lake. So if you're at any of those schools, highly recommend you you check out the, that content. 
in terms of in-person games this week, uh, I will be at the Bellbrook versus Oakwood game tomorrow night, and we'll have coverage for that and a game report following. And then Friday night, Seth and I both will be at the Fenwick and Carroll GCL co-ed opener uh, with obviously notes from that game as well as a um, game report to follow. In addition, be on the lookout too. We're going to try to do some photography in games. So we'll have obviously photos up as well for you to check out. Uh, there are some photos I'm working on still with the Northmont Bethel uh, scrimmage I was at and I'll get those uploaded as soon as I can. So that'll wrap up this episode. Again, check out our website, swofcp.com, uh, for those game recaps, and as well as you know, continue to listen to our podcast for updates on the power rankings, as well as notes from uh, these different games. Um, the next time you'll hear from us will be a post-game recap from the Oakwood-Bellbrook game tomorrow. So uh, for Southwest Ohio Full Court Press, this is Tony signing off. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys soon.